in for a show tonight, son. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. Oh! I was a little disappointed that there weren't more students at the last game. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. Social media reports that, that LAPD was called. LAPD was called. <laughs> Welcome to Beyond Reason. Now here's your host, Gage Dansby. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Reason. I'm your host, Gage Dansby. And during this crazy time of March Madness and everybody's focusing on the NCAA basketball tournament and so on and so forth, there's a couple of big stories going around that uh, people might not be paying attention to because they're too busy looking forward to uh, basketball and whatnot. And that is a retirement spree that is going on, especially in the world of the NFL. First and foremost, if you've heard of this, I apologize, but I'm just going to give you the rundown real quick of what's going on, what I think of it, and so on and so forth. The biggest one, which you probably heard of if you heard of all this retirement mess, was uh, Rob Gronkowski. Tight end for the New England Patriots, won three rings uh, under the helm of the New England Patriots, thanks to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and gang. He, uh, this uh, week, decided that he was going to retire from the National Football League. And which really came from a surprise to everyone. Yeah, he's been dealing with some injuries, especially with an elbow injury and stuff like that. He's gone through a couple of surgeries. And everybody was assuming that essentially the reason why he retired was because of that recurring injury. And he didn't want to injure himself any farther. And, you know, he really hasn't spent any of his uh, NFL contract money, which is insane. Uh, He mostly just... Used, uh, spent a bunch of uh, his advertising money that he got off of advertising and sponsors, but he hasn't really spent much of his contract money. So he, if he really is retiring, he can, you know, he can, he can actually retire at that young age and live very, very, very comfortably thanks to those NFL contracts. Now, the problem with Gronkowski specifically and another uh, athlete that is retiring. Uh, quote-unquote retiring that I'll get to a little later is that people don't really believe that he's retiring. Even Rob Gronkowski's own agent, he couldn't even convince his own agent that he was like going to be retired, dead and gone. And Rob Gronkowski's agent uh, even said, you know, if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick really like start calling him up and saying, hey, we want you back on the Patriots, we're going to go for another championship run, I bet you that he's going to come back. His own agent said that. Now, give credit to Gronkowski if he's actually retiring and stuff like that, and he actually stays retired, but even his own agent and people around the NFL don't necessarily believe him. So the big thing right now to see is whether or not if Gronkowski would actually stay retired. There's just this rumor going around that he just really doesn't want to play football anymore. But if Tom Brady comes calling and, you know, gives like his own version of the bat signal over to Gronkowski, who is like chilling on an island or something like that with a drink in his hand, that he's going to drop everything, come back to New England and then go on another championship run. It's definitely believable. It could happen. Certainly. I mean, 
think about Gronkowski is still has many years that he could play in the NFL at the tight end position. I mean, he was still one of the best tight ends in the league, regardless of his injury problems and stuff like that. He was one of Tom Brady's main targets besides Julian Edelman in this previous Super Bowl and the one before that against the Philadelphia Eagles. So why would Gronkowski, in arguably the prime of his career, just decide to drop everything and retire? Now, certainly he has enough money, like I said earlier, where he, if he really wants to retire, he can do that extremely comfortably. But people don't believe him. Like Jets coach Adam Gase said, you know, Cole, I'll believe it when I see it. And, you know, other people around the league were like, um, you know, I don't really believe it and stuff like that. Sean McDermott, coach of the AFC East Buffalo Bills. He basically said, I don't really believe it either. Uh, there's a lot of time between now and the season. Um, you know, Gronkowski, the last time that he threatened to retire from the league was during this whole like thing where the Patriots were threatening to trade him to the Lions, the Detroit Lions and stuff like that. Um, so he'd like, he contemplated it during the off season, but he came back. Uh, even though he was injured and he helped lead the Patriots to another Super Bowl with Tom Brady. But he's still young enough in regards to like NFL uh, age and stuff like that to where he could definitely come back if he wanted to and still have a couple of good years under his belt. Pete Carroll, head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, said that he's still a young man and he still has uh, he can still play the game. Quote, he can still play the game. He may have all sorts of issues I don't know about. But I think there's a big factor in that transition that can generate those old juices and he could get challenged to come back. I can see that happening. He's been such a warrior playing the game, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he comes back. Pete Carroll said that. A bunch of coaches around the league are basically mirroring his thoughts. Uh, A bunch of players are mirroring his thoughts. No one really believes that Gronkowski is going to retire. Again, there's a lot of time between now, late March, heading into April, and the beginning of the NFL season later in the year to where Gronkowski could change his mind and decide to come back and, um, you know, basically forget all of the retirement stuff that he just contemplated right now come back, maybe sign another one-year deal, and then see how he feels at the end of next season. It's all possible. I'm kind of with all of these NFL coaches. I really don't see Gronkowski retiring. On day one of the NFL preseason, if Gronkowski is still retired, then I'll then I'll accept defeat. But until then, during this entire offseason, if I would not be surprised at all if Gronkowski suddenly miraculously changed his mind after a conversation with Tom Brady or something like that during the offseason and decided to sign another contract with the New England Patriots. If the preseason comes around and he's still retired, then I'll start believing that Gronkowski is actually retired. Until then, I don't see it at all. There's some other NFL players who I, I, on the other hand, believe that they're actually going into retirement. One of the other ones is another tight end who it is uh just got released by the Oakland Raiders Jordy Nelson 33 years old he just got released by the Oakland Raiders but he had most of his career with the Green Bay Packers uh his NFL career back uh 
began way back in uh, 2008, so he had an 11-year run. And uh, this past Wednesday, Jordy Nelson uh, confirmed that he is, in fact, retiring uh, after uh, being released by the Raiders. He basically said, uh, you know, my time is up and stuff like that. I don't need to uh, do anything anymore. But, um, you know, he was a great wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, especially with the dynamic duo that he had with uh, Aaron Rodgers. And um, he produced four 1,000-yard receiving seasons while at Green Bay in 2011, 2013, 2014, 2016. Uh, back in 2014, he was a pro bowler, and he helped the Packers win Super Bowl uh, XLV. Right, wait a minute, I need to brush up on my Roman numerals here. That looks like... Now give me a second. 45? I want to say 45. Yeah, that's, I'll say 45. So, uh, he was a really good comeback player in 2016. But uh, here's some really good stats about Jordan Nelson. So, he finished his career if he is going into retirement, which I believe is a higher chance than Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he finishes his career appearing in 151 games over 11 seasons. He has a total of 613 catches for 8,587 yards, 72 total touchdowns. Jordy Nelson, great wide receiver. I mean, he he wasn't one of like the, I wouldn't say that he's really of a superstar caliber, kind of like what Odell Beckham Jr. is today or like an Antonio Brown is today, but he was consistent. He was always a good go-to guy for the Green Bay Packers whenever a quarterback needed a reliable guy to throw the ball to. Aaron Rodgers, that was one of his favorite go-to guys. I didn't know much about uh, his season with the Oakland Raiders and how he worked with Derek Carr, but I know that while he was spending most of his career with the Green Bay Packers, people liked him not because of his like superstar status, but of his reliability. If you needed someone that really needed to do nice, a good short slam pass in order to get a first down, Jordy Nelson was your man. Every once in a while, he would go deep and make a great touchdown catch, but it was all about reliability and durability in regards to Nelson. He was always a great go-to guy and fail-safe when the other receivers weren't doing so hot because he was consistent, and that's what I admire about him. So, I mean, I don't know how well he was planning on going to be with the Oakland Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders didn't see him as much of a liability because they released him. And there wasn't really anyone chomping at the bit in order to get Nelson during his time as a free agent. So, it looked like he just decided to call it quits. I don't blame him. You know, he had a really good run of 11 years in the NFL. And for the NFL, 11 years, that's a long time. You know, he put in his work. And now it's time to benefit from the fruits of his labor. I'm sure he has a lot of money from those contracts that he can now sit comfortably and watch from the sidelines. Maybe he'll go into an analyst position like Jason Witten. Granted, Jason Witten's now back with the Cowboys again. He came out of retirement, but maybe he could fill in that spot for Jason Witten. He might be, you know, a color analyst for ESPN or Fox Sports or, you know, CBS Sports or someone along those lines. Be the next Tony Romo. You know, and give insights on the wide receiver position. I think Jordy Nelson might do a good job at that if he decides to go that route. Or he could just kick back, relax, and we never hear from him again, you know. And he just lives the rest of his life in luxury from the contracts. If I were him, that's probably what I would do. Just kick back and relax and watch NFL games and ponder on the thoughts of yesteryear.
but we'll see what he does. I will, I mean, ESPN analyst, and I'd say one to two years. That's my guess. Another guy that's decided to retire in the NFL, TJ Lang, legendary offensive lineman. Again, most of his uh, career was uh, for the Green Bay Packers, and he had uh, ten seasons total. So eight years he was he uh, was offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers, and then the last two years he played for the Detroit Lions in his home state of Michigan. And, you know, he basically said, this is a quote from his retirement message, quote, for the past 3,624 days, I have woken up with one goal in mind. How can I better be a better pro football player than I was yesterday? Well, those days are over now. The only thing I ask myself today is how I can be a better husband, father, son, brother, and friend. I will forever cherish the great times that I had playing this game. Thank you to the Green Bay Packers for taking a chance on my 20 on a 20 year old year old kid and giving me the opportunity and patience to grow into a man and reach my full potential as a football player. Thank you to the Detroit Lions for granting me a chance to finish my career in the place that I call home. It would have been impossible to play this game for 10 years without great teammates, coaches, trainers, strength staff, doctors, agents, fans, family and friends. I, will, I thank each and every one of you for the unwavering support over the years. Whatever the next chapter holds, I hope to stay around the next game in some capacity. It's been an amazing ride, and thank you all for being a part of it. So that was the outgoing message spoken by TJ Lang in a tweet that he sent out uh, today, this Friday morning, March 29th, uh, regarding his retirement. And, you know, he was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 2009 out of Eastern Michigan University. And uh, he was playing a reserve role for two seasons, including uh, the Super Bowl XLV victory under Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was one of the top pass-protecting guards in the NFL during his run in Green Bay. He even got a Pro Bowl nod in 2016. Then, after that, he signed with the Detroit Lions for a three-year, $28.5 million contract. And, you know, he did a really good job in Detroit. He earned a second Pro Bowl bid while he was there. And, you know, uh, in 2018, though, he missed 10 games uh, due to neck and back problems and some concussion issues. So the Lions later released Lang a month uh, this past month after two seasons. So after the Lions released him due to his injury problems, Lang decided to call it a day and say, you know what, that's it. I think I'm going to call it a day there, and uh, that's my time in the NFL after 10 seasons. Great offensive lineman, one of the best offensive linemen that I can remember in previous memory. I mean, if you think of offensive linemen and you can call them out by name, then, then you know that they're, like, really good at their job. I'd hate to say that because offensive linemen, they're probably the most important guys on a football team because... Because without them, you know, the offense won't even exist. So it it pains me to say that because the offensive lineman doesn't get as much credit as they deserve. But for guys like TJ Lang and just for them to be a household name in that particular offensive line position, that means he's earned his stripes. You know, he really put in his work on the offensive line and now people know him by name. It's kind of like the Michael Ors. Or, you know, the Warren Saps of yesterday, yesteryear. I think, actually, Michael Orr might still be playing. Uh, but you get my point. The whole point is, if you're an offensive lineman, people know you by name, then you are stellar at your job, which is unfortunate 
in the grand scheme of things because the offensive linemen really do need to get more credit than what they already have because they're a fantastic team. Uh, they're a fantastic player, I meant, not team, fantastic player. They are a fantastic asset to the team because without them, the offense would not even exist. There wouldn't be any football in the first place. But, you know, I wish the best of luck to TJ Lang and Jordy Nelson and Rob Gronkowski if he's actually going to stay retired. I wish the best of luck to all three of them in their future endeavors wherever life is going to take them. You know, you've given us a lot of good memories for the National Football League. We thank you for your, you know, amazing time in the league and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to miss you, especially Packers fans. I mean, TJ Lang and Jordy Nelson, they are a part, like the heart and soul of the Packers franchise. They might not be a Brett Favre, but they certainly put in weight in order to establish the Green Bay Packers franchise as to what they are today. Without them, they wouldn't be, I would say, as prestigious as they are in the grand scheme of things. So, especially if you're a Packers fan, this might be a really sad but also celebratory day for you because you know that some of your favorite players are moving on to bigger and better things. Patriots fans, I wouldn't worry too much because I don't think Gronk's really coming out of ret uh, really going into retirement. Now if we move away from football for a second, there is another retirement announcement that I was talking about earlier with uh, Sergey. You might have heard him on previous podcasts. He is a frequent guest on the show. Uh, about Conor McGregor, UFC fighter. The last time we saw him was in the ring uh, against uh, Khabib, you know, and we all know how that ended. Khabib basically whooped him. But he decided to announce his retirement. Conor McGregor, this is the second time he's announced his retirement, mind you. So he said he's going to retire from MMA this past Tuesday, five months after losing to Khabib Nurmagomedov on a title fight in Las Vegas. We all know how that ended. Habib won. So, 30 years old, retires with an MMA record of 21 wins and 4 defeats. That's a pretty good record, honestly. That's a really good record for an MMA fighter. Uh, but, you know, he's more known for his notorious and infamous antics out of the ring than he really is in the ring at this point. But he said in a tweet, he said, quote, Hey guys, quick announcement. I've decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial arts today. I wish all my old colleagues well going forward in competition. I now join my former partners on this venture, already in retirement. Uh, proper pina colada is on me, fellas. And that's it. He said he's done. He's probably going to focus on, uh, you know, marketing his uh, brand of whiskey, his Irish whiskey, that he's making a boatload of money on and stuff like that. So Sergey pointed out to me that when we were talking about this, that uh, McGregor, he might still be in the prime of his career experience-wise. Uh, he might be past a little bit in age, but uh, he certainly could have had more bouts in him. And, you know, we talked and basically said, you know, McGregor didn't really have to retire, but we have no idea whether or not he's really on the downswing. Maybe the Khabib fight was just a fluke, and if he comes back, he might be bigger and better than ever. Or maybe he's just lost his edge, and he realizes that, and now he's just going to slowly transition away from MMA, focus on things in his brand outside of the mixed martial arts sector. 
Biggest thing, his Irish whiskey brand, making a boatload of money off of that. So he might just focus on branding, his, you know, focusing on his name brand, the whiskey, and call it good. And, you know, if he makes a bunch of money off that and he doesn't have to do like hardcore training in order to keep up with the MMA lifestyle, then he's just going to go down that path. So, and plus, McGre another thing that Sergey and I talked about was essentially McGregor really wants those big money contracts and nothing is ever going to come close to the contract that he got for boxing with Floyd Mayweather back in late 2017. So, I mean, McGregor got a $30 million check from that fight. But he reportedly pocketed close to $100 million in total through like the revenue streams from that fight. And the UFC doesn't offer checks as close to that amount as what he got when fighting Floyd Mayweather. And I think that amount kind of got to him and to the point where he wants to strive to get those giant checks back. But in the realm of the UFC, that's just not possible. They don't have that much infrastructure and prestige just yet as the world of boxing in order to get those ginormous checks that he got when fighting Floyd Mayweather. And I think McGregor really wanted that. So I think that's a giant problem uh, for McGregor in the back of his mind when uh, he wants to go into future contract negotiations. This could all just be another tactic because UFC fighters are known for announcing their retirement for contract negotiation purposes with the UFC. Maybe that's what McGregor's doing here, or maybe he's clearly calling it quits and knows that he's on the downward swing uh, after the fight with Habib. But we don't know that he's on the downward swing yet unless if he comes back and goes into another fight. Like I said earlier, the Khabib fight might have just been a fluke. I mean, Khabib, without a doubt, fantastic fighter. But McGregor could, could might as well, he could very well just come back and, you know, do another great match against another fighter and work his way back up again. But, you know, he's doing, but the problem with McGregor is he's doing, he's busy doing other things, which, uh, you know, his whiskey called number 12, it retails for about 25 bucks a bottle right now. Uh, Dana White, the president of USA, UFC, he said, you know, he has the money to retire. His whiskey is going crazy right now. And it would totally make sense that if I was in McGregor's position, I would retire too. And that's what Dana White said. So he's like basically saying, I don't blame him. Uh, McGregor is also backed by a bunch of sponsors. He's backed uh, by Beats by Dr. Dre, Burger King. He has sponsors with Monster Energy drinks. Uh, you know, he has a bunch of... Um, and he's spending, he's spending a bunch of money on sponsorships with uh, automobile dealerships. He has uh, over 10 luxury cars, including a Rolls-Royce Phantom Drophead Coupe, which retails to about $500,000. So, um, but... The problem of why I'm a little skeptical about this is that back in 2016, after he uh, he lost to Nate Diaz in 2016, he announced his retirement. So, I mean, I don't know if this is another tactic of like taking a bit of a break and then coming back later after a defeat like he did with Nate Diaz and now he's going to do with Khabib. Only time will tell. But with the whole thing of his number 12 whiskey, you know, basically flying off the charts... As Dana White said, it would make sense for him 
to be able to just retire and call it quits even then. I wouldn't blame him, and I don't really think the UFC world would miss him that much. I mean, yeah, he's no more for his antics out of the ring than he really is for his performance in the ring at this point. Think about all of the headlines that you've seen from McGregor in like the past year besides the Habib fight. It's not really much about what he's doing in the ring and preparing. It's more about what he does outside of the ring that earns him kind of a negative and infamous reputation. You know, like throwing the chair at the bus and stuff like that, being arrested. He just got arrested or is like being investigated for sexual assault charges in Ireland right now. So we'll see how that plays out. But the whole idea of Conor McGregor is that it's more of his antics that build up to what's going on in the ring rather than what goes on in the ring itself. And I don't think really the UFC is going to miss it that much. I think Dana White is kind of like breathing a sigh of relief right now that he doesn't have to deal with Conor McGregor's antics anymore coming up to a fight. And I think it'll just be better for everyone. Now, if Conor McGregor comes back, it's probably going to be this giant deal and everything, you know, giant pay-per-view fight. And maybe that's what this whole thing is. just just giant tactic by McGregor in order to get a bigger contract, bigger fight. Only time will tell. Who knows? But if I were McGregor, I will retire, stay retired, focus on your brand. And that's all I have to talk about uh, on this week's episode of Beyond Reason. The March Madness Tournament is still going, by the way. Uh, final games of the Sweet 16 are going on tonight. We got Michigan State versus LSU, Duke and Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Auburn, Houston and Kentucky. Let me know what your guys' thoughts are on those and some of the big upsets that uh, have happened that in some unexpected ways. Purdue beating Tennessee. Go Boilers. Boiler up. We'll see how they do as they head into the Elite Eight and see who they're going to play against. And I'm looking forward to watching the rest of this March Madness tournament. And I will catch you all later. This is another episode of Beyond Reason. Make sure to catch up on previous episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. See you all later.